Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio. Your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to the Love Fest for Damian Pierce, also known as Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchi, and my co-hosts today are Scott Fish and Matt Harrison. Hello, guys. Damian Pierce wasn't available to come in and co-host today. Sorry. And it's a good thing because we'd be spooning right now if he did. That would be, that's the level of regard. That's that's a weird thing to do. With you never spoon with me. No, well, I like Damian Pierce more than I like uh, you. Oh, I have confident. photo evidence that negates that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's been a great start for his preseason, but we're going to talk about all of the camps, all thirty-two camps. What are the big stories from each of the teams? We'll also talk about some of the key things you need to know from what happens inside the five-yard line. We'll answer three tough questions. We'll talk about the vacated targets from around the league and identify our blacklist players that we will not draft. Hmm. Hmm. Not, I was going to say never draft, but there's a point at which I would begrudgingly take my guys, but it's like four rounds after they're going to go. Yeah. It's all, it's always ADP centric. It's based on that where uh, where they're going for no, and no small part. Let's uh, let's start our tour around the training camps with the Panthers. Yeah, not much here. Uh, Baker Mayfield won the job. Uh, there's a little bit of talk of Higgins, who has good chemistry from with Baker in camp, and also because he was with Cleveland uh, with Baker Mayfield, that he might be a guy that gets in a in some decent rotation snaps. Only in your uh, probably 24 round leagues yes. <laughs> are you going to worry about that, though. 
Uh, Matt, let's go to the Raiders. Uh, Kenyon Drake was cut this week. Josh Jacobs uh, now controls the backfield with Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah, and Zamir White. All do for some sort of role. I want nobody except for Jacobs just because I think he has more of the goal line role. But uh, also, Darren Waller hurt again with mm-hmm. an undisclosed injury. Josh McDaniels is non-committal on Waller's availability for week one. A couple of weeks ago, we identified Darren Waller's outside of the safe tight ends yeah. that we talked about. I think there's three safe tight ends. That's it. <laughs> uh, the Packers starters <laughs> did not play on Thursday night, but I'll just mention this. Jordan Love continues to look very inconsistent. I don't think they've got really uh, any kind of viable answer there. Romeo Dobbs played briefly on Thursday. Didn't do much. I'll note that all the presumed starters did not play, and that means your presumed starting wide receivers are Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Randall Cobb. That's expected, though. And honestly. Watkins and Cobb are going undrafted in many yeah. leagues, and these are starting wide receivers in an Aaron Rodgers-led offense. Yep. Let's go to the Washington Commanders. Uh, Ron Rivera says Gibson will be the primary kick returner, but beat reporters still also expect Gibson to lead the backfield in touches. He's really, really slipping. I'm probably not drafting him unless he gets down into the eight to 10 rounds. It should be noted though. He did do some kick return work in practice and stuff last year too. We just didn't know about it. Let's go to the Buffalo Bills, Matt. Uh, Zach Moss and James Cook both looked pretty good in the second Mm -hmm. preseason game. So we've got a Singletary Moss Cook triple headed backfield. Yuck. That's, and O.J. Howard is a cut candidate. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Not at uh, all. Triple backfield, no bueno for nope. fantasy. Let's go to the uh, Texans. Wherever you've got Damian Pierce ranked, it's too low in the preseason. You're looking for rookies who display traits that will translate into the regular season against full-time defensive starters, and Pierce looks special. The burst, the footwork, decisiveness, goal line carries. We believe he can catch, although he hasn't been used that way so far. Lovey Smith, uh, during the game on Thursday night, said, quote, we are a running team. Yeah, it's game on, baby. Pep Hamilton's there. (laughs) Damian Pierce, uh, if you want him, you're going to have to go fourth round, third round to get Damian Pierce, who I believe at this point is moved to roughly number one among rookie running backs. All right, let's go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, so for the Buccaneers, Brady's back with the team. That that whole drama thing is over. But the bigger news is their O-line is sitting on yeah. three offensive line injuries. Two of them going to miss most of the season. Third, probably be back by week one, but we're not sure yet. But that's that's some huge hits to that line. And remember, they lost two players in the offseason, yep. one to retirement, one to free agency. Yep. All right, let's go to the Cleveland Browns, Matt. Jacoby Brissett, officially your starter for the first 11 weeks. By the way, Josh Rosen is the other quarterback on roster right now, and he yeah. looked awful in that last preseason game. For the Colts, your kicker. We don't do a lot of kicker talk on mm. the show. Rodrigo Blankenship, contender Jake Verity to win the kicking job. Um, we know that he's not a deep field goal threat, but he kicks indoors and he's on a good offense, presumably good offense. And he's got the best name among all the kickers. In Rodrigo the Blankenship. Is yeah, that's pretty a great name. Great, great song called Blankenship by a band called Dive, D-I-I-V. Yeah. Also, he also plays there. with Legos and goes into a train camp on like those wheelie shoes and stuff. He also he, wears he's, glasses. Yeah, He's well, like one of the well, only players who wears glasses on the I field. Lo- I'm, I'm I totally love it. cool with that. You're a kicker. Why not? <laughs> Uh, I believe we're up with the Lions, Scott. Uh, not much here. Jameson Williams uh, sent to the reserve list. Not really a surprise, though, because he wasn't expected back till late October at the earliest anyway. Jets. Je- Zach Wilson's status won't be updated until likely after Labor Day. 
Denzel Mims has requested a trade. Brees Hall hasn't quite flashed enough to steal the backfield from Michael Carter and Tevin Coleman. If you're drafting Hall, don't plan on starting him for the first few weeks at least. Yeah, that's might, a, it's might a be concern. like a Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack situation or an Adrian Peterson, Chester Taylor situation. The might talent, take longer than the talent should. should win out eventually, but yep, that might be exactly I mean, it. he's Roger Craig's cousin. I mean, he's he's <laughs> yeah. got some talent there in the bloodlines. <laughs> for the Chiefs on Thursday night, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster still getting over injury. He didn't play. Uh, Sky Moore got the start with the first team offense. They targeted him on one down deep throw, uh, but otherwise uh, mostly just return work. Ronald Jones got first-team reps, yep. which was interesting. Uh, he ran hard, uh, but almost entirely between the tackles, and it's always he, been an issue. For he him. has been a cut candidate all camp. My theory is they are trying to trying to put him out there for a seventh-round pick or a comp, comp pick. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, exactly. Um, for those who have invested in Isaiah Pacheco, he was the third back in the game but did get some first-team work. It's increasingly unclear what Pacheco's uh, playing time might be, and I, st- I think there's some real risk in drafting him. We'll see, though. Uh, Seahawks. Scott. Uh, sounds like Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are going to play super flex this year for the uh, the team. They're good. They're going <laughs> to oh, have that. Uh, both Drew Locke and Geno Smith as quarterbacks. Uh, re- really, the truth is there's there's still no quarterback decision made. It's still up in the air and no timetable for Ken Walker to return from his hernia surgery. Yeah. They had previously hoped week one. Now it's sounding like not. Let's go to the Broncos, Matt. Uh, Not a ton going on in Denver, but tackle Tom Compton was placed on the pup, meaning he'll miss the first month of the season. For the Rams, um, we don't do a lot of backup tight end talk, but let me mention Kendall Blanton got released in a surprise. Remember, at the end of last year, he got a bunch of reps when Tyler Higby was out, and he looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. Then they cut him, and this puts Higby into a position for a pretty sizable snap count. Uh, because the guys behind him are just zero threat. Bryson Hopkins and Roger Carter. You know, if you are if you slough tight end deeply enough, Tyler Higby, mm-hmm. back on the radar. Sure. Let's go to the Eagles. Scott. Slime Sanders still dealing with that hammy issue, has been for weeks now, and now week one is starting to be in doubt. That's that's not a good sign. Slime Sanders? That's his nickname, Miles Sanders. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is it because it's an anagram? His, it might be. I don't know. That's yeah. his nickname for a while, though. I, I had never heard yeah. that, and honestly, I'm pretty impressed with myself right now yes. for having figured out it was in an anagram head. on the fly. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Scott plays with him in a league, by the way. I that's do why not. he knows his nickname. <laughs> I do, <laughs> probably I do, true. I do not, but I plan on mentioning everyone I play in <laughs> leagues with during this show. Uh, Miami Dolphins. Matt. Uh, Jalen Waddle has an undisclosed injury and has done little more than stretching with the team over the last week. We've still got plenty of time, but it's worth watching. For the Vikings, tight end Irv Smith returning to practice, uh, adding some hope that he's going to be ready for week one. Uh, Because it's a thumb injury, though, he's not catching passes, just doing individual drills. Vikings improved their backup quarterback situation, acquiring Nick Mullins this week, which adds some safety to the whole offense and the Minnesota receivers specifically. And continue to watch the backup runners. We've said this uh, for most of the past three shows. Kane Wanwu, Ty Chandler, as they could eat into Alexander Madison's role as the primary backup to Dalvin Cook. Dallas Cowboys, Scott. Yeah, big one here. They lost Tyron Smith yeah, on their O-line, who loss. used to be a beast and still has been good for the last few years. Um, it's just a big blow for that O-line. Uh, the other news is Gallup is going to avoid the PUP, so they're hoping he'll be ready sometime in the first four weeks, clearly with that news. And Jerry Jones said the team is still going to run through Zeke, but Pollard is going to be involved. And Dak Prescott mentioned Pollard as a pass catcher. Yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe Pollard will be pretty flex-worthy for you. He was last year. 
New England Patriots, Matt. Damian Harris left practice with this week, also with an undisclosed injury. He won't play in the preseason finale. Things are shrouded in mystery in New England always with their running backs. Yes. But in my mind right now, I'd draft Ramondre Stevenson above Damian Harris right now. For the last two or three weeks. It, that is where he's starting all to go of, now. All of my drafts I think it flipped, flipped like way. last week yeah. um, in ADP. They're, they're pretty close too, on ADP, yep. depending on where you are. Some, mm-hmm. some have Harris higher still, but yeah. For the Saints, Jameis Winston declared himself ready to start week one. He's recovering both from an ACL injury from last year and a foot injury from this preseason. Uh, Michael Thomas has got a hamstring injury. He's missed several days of practice, but presumed ready for the opener. How about the Giants, Scott? So Colin Johnson, who is set to take some starter snaps, tore his Achilles. Uh, Kadarius Toney has both knee and hamstring injuries he's dealing with. Ricky Seals-Jones goes to injured reserve. Sterling Shepard was activated, but he's coming back from an Achilles. So, and, and I'm not sure Kenny Galladay even exists anymore. So it is Saquon Barkley and Daniel Bellinger season in New York. Has there been a fall from grace any faster than Kenny Galladay's? Oh I mean, two gosh. years ago... He it looked like he was one of the ten best receivers in the league. Yep. I don't know. Michael Thomas has something to say about got, that. You know, it's a good point. We'll, we'll good see point. how this year goes. But at Dan, least Michael, Daniel Bellinger is a nice tight end, sneaky sleeper. Honestly, that's true. At the least guys. Thomas and they both have had injury issues. Yeah, but Thomas has been unable to play. Sure. Let's go to the Titans next, Matt. It's just kind of the wide receiver room kind of shaking out. Robert Woods looks like the pure top wide receiver by a long shot there. Traylon Burke's finally back on the field, though. That's good. Nick Westbrook-Akeen is listed as the starting slot wide receiver. But the sneaky one to keep an eye on is Kyle Phillips, who's flashed all the way throughout camp, and he's returning punts really well. Mitch Trubisky was named the starter for the Steelers, although that designation may not last all that long. Kenny Pickett looked very good in the previous uh, preseason game, and the Steelers are at Cincinnati in week one. It's easy to imagine at Cincinnati, Steelers get drubbed in week one, and that might be it. And then it's sad trombonski. That might be that might be that. So right now, it's all happy trombonski for the moment. Name the starter. And then it could be what? It's yep. There we go. (laughs) Uh, Your handcuffed to Najee Harris, by the way, may not be Benny Snell. Keep an eye on Jalen Ward. Hey, my continue to get uh, a lot of a lot of extra work. Let's go to the Falcons, Scott. Kyle Pitts was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame last week <laughs> after a 52-yard catch. As a wide receiver. As a, it, it, yeah. In fact, it was so good that the Falcons cut fellow wide receivers, Geronimo Allison and Auden Tate. Uh, Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow increasing practice activity after getting his, his appendix removed a few weeks ago. That's good news. Jeff Wilson gives the appearance of being the backup behind Elijah Mitchell. Got all the first team run on Thursday. Uh, Trey Lance played, showed some scrambling ability and improvisational skills, but really wasn't asked to do a lot. And I learned, I did not, I did not realize this, Jimmy Garoppolo not allowed to practice with the team. He's doing his own yeah. practices yeah. on a separate uh, yep. field, presumably because they don't want him to learn secrets about the team and then, and then they'll get yep, traded yep and, and they don't I, want him injured they yeah. don't want him injured they don't yep. want anything to happen so yeah very that's very bizarre the one year there's no major preseason injuries too yeah well yeah tim patrick would like to have a word uh, but yes yeah. almost none i'll just go to the cardinals 
Uh, you know, Benjamin seems to have separated himself and is likely to be the backup to James Conner. That role had had some fantasy value with Chase Edmonds last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, people thought it'd be Daryl Williams, but now he appears to be a cut candidate. Wow. All right, let's uh, let's hit the Jaguars, Matt. Uh, Trevor Lawrence targeted Christian Kirk eight times in preseason game number two. That's an insane amount of targets to receive that, in a little that, less than a half is. of play. He could be in line for a lot this year. Also, James Robinson targeting week one for his return to play, so that backfield is getting murky. It is getting a little bit murky. I don't think Robinson's going to be a factor, but we'll find out. Uh, Ravens, Gus Edwards went on the pup list and will miss at least the first month of the season. Mike Davis is Mm -hmm. your very possible week one starting running back going undrafted in virtually all fantasy leagues. Mike Davis could be your starter there. J.K. Dobbins is trending towards availability, but probably not a workhorse role in week one. Right. And then, last thing that I need to mention, because we put this guy on your radar three weeks ago, Isaiah Likely mm. continuing to blow minds. Backup tight end, fourth-round rookie, maybe not even really a tight end. When you look at him, he's he's 100, like 135. I, I changed what I said. Power. There's not three safe tight ends. There's Mark Andrews. There's That's Kyle right. Pitts. There's Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Likely. Isaiah Likely. They're going to line. There's no competition. There's no wideouts on this team outside of Bateman. They're going to lie. Isaiah likely, likely is, is likely their number two wide receiver. I'm not. I'm not saying that's out of the question. By the end of the year, right? Isaiah likely could be the de facto number two receiver, like Kyle Pitts is a receiver mm-hmm. in in Atlanta. All right. Sure. Final two teams. Chicago Bears, Scott. You just in case people heard about Khalil Herbert getting injured last week, going off on a cart. Uh, he was back at practice the next day. It was a total non-issue. Just in case you heard about that. All right, and lastly, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, lots of minor camp injuries for the second-tier Chargers. Donald Parham has a hamstring. Josh Palmer, concussion mm-hmm. protocol. Isaiah Spiller, ankle injury. Oh, there's a lot of interesting guys that are uh, riding the pine. It looks like those starters in uh, L.A. are going to be ready to go, though. I love Josh Palmer. Had the like huge, the them. huge, uh, had the huge game preseason game yep. last week. I'm still very much on board yep. with it's, Josh. Palmer. It's just a concussion. They they're not big deals, put, right? Yeah, put some dirt on that concussion. Just rub it on That's your right. face. When we come back, what's happening inside the five? We'll tell you about the easiest touchdowns your fantasy team can get when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and guillotineleagues.com. Scott Fish and Matt Harrison with you as mm-hmm. well. Next two segments devoted to one of my favorite preseason topics. What happens inside the five-yard line? Yes. Last year, there were almost 600 touchdowns from inside the five-yard line. Oh, this is the part where you always make us guess yeah, it. And I, I was going to I was gonna be prepared this yeah. year and have it <laughs> right. pulled up on my laptop. I'm going to go with 596. <laughs> Very close. 597. Um, there's, these are the easy touchdowns that can propel your fantasy team. When you need somebody to score from distance, like let's look at Miles Sanders, who has to score from distance. Or just not score at all. Well, And then sometimes they just don't score at all. As opposed to Boston Scott, who, you know, picks up these easy touchdowns and they end up scoring. the Giants. uh, So end up scoring the same fantasy points. By the way, I demand that every time Scott's on the show and Boston Scott is mentioned, you do a Boston accent. I demand this, Scott. Can you say chowder? No. Oh. <laughs> I can't even say it with a normal accent. <laughs> what is a strange. normal accent, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we're from where I'm from, you know, up on the Minnesota Iron Rage on the border of Canada, where you got Canadian plus oh, Minnesota. We, we don't have they, There's no accent oh, at all. We don't have any accent. <laughs> up there they do. We're going to go through every team. <laughs> Trust me. Tell you the one thing you need to know about that team's predilections inside the five-yard line. And we begin with the Panthers, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Based on last year, I, I don't think I can go based on last year because the Panthers ran it with Newton and uh, Sam Darnold early in the season. If you remember, he was running the ball near the goal line constantly. They they ran 10 times and scored seven times <laughs> inside the five. Which is very good. Baker's run 10 times in his career inside the five. That's not really a thing he does. In fact, he's got several kneel downs inside the five. Uh, That role is going to McCaffrey, who back in his full 2019 year, he had 20 of the 22 attempts inside the five. It's going to be all McCaffrey. It'll almost certainly be McCaffrey there, uh, perhaps even as a receiver inside the five. The Panthers only threw it last year nine times inside the five yard. How many times you say? Nine times. times. Oh, that many. Nine times. Uh, Let me mention this. We talk about it every year when we do this segment. 
you're looking an ideal conversion rate on on touchdowns scored on plays that start inside the five is about fifty percent. Mm-hmm. The great, you know, the really good effective players are mm-hmm. at about a fifty percent conversion rate. If you're a running back with ten carries from inside the five, you'd like to see about five touchdowns. So. Just want to put that out there since you brought it up. Uh, Matt, let's go to the Raiders. Uh, Last year, Josh Jacobs took 13 carries inside the five and scored seven times. So just above that 50% mark. That was pretty good. Josh McDaniels is the new uh, coach in Las Vegas. His Patriots offense featured one of the heaviest run attacks in the league from inside the five last year. So I think Josh Jacobs might be in a good spot to convert a lot of touchdowns this year. People aren't talking about him very no, much. they aren't talking about him, but this is the kind of data we love. From inside the five, the Packers' former receiver, Devontae Adams, he leaves behind the most receptions, most targets, and most touchdowns since 2020. So ask yourself this, what are the, will the Packers do without Devontae Adams? Will they just ask somebody else to fill that role? Alan Lazard, 6'5". Could it be Alan five. Lazard? Yeah. Romeo Dobbs is 6'4". Yep, could be. <laughs> um, or do they start running the ball more? This is never. This is not for years been a team that runs much inside the five. They've thrown a lot more. Maybe there will be some extra opportunity for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Let's go to the Washington Commanders. What's happening inside the five? So Washington passed the ball 10 times inside the five last year to wide receivers and tight ends. One That's completion. It. Oh, brutal. <laughs> so brutal. hopefully they run it more. They ran it 23 times last year with just Gibson alone. He had 75% of their rush attempts inside the five. He only converted a third of them, though. I know. That That's feels like good. it's below 50%. It, um, <laughs> I'm going to go Math check over on 17% Matt's side? under. Yeah, so. So are you saying it, Brian Robinson so, right now without uh, saying Brian Robinson? I like the fact they ran it 23 times inside mm-hmm. the five last year. And if Brian Robinson has that role and a better conversion rate, I'm just saying. You're not really saying, saying you're not saying I don't believe. So is <laughs> I, that a yes? I, yes. I'm pinning you down yes. on this. Yes on Brian Robinson. It, yes, that should be good. Uh, Matt, what's happening with the Buffalo Bills inside the five? It's kind of a mess. Uh, Devin Singletary and Josh Allen tied for the most rushing attempts for the infrared zone for the Bills with seven apiece. Singletary converted four touchdowns. Allen had three, by the way, so that's not bad. Zach Moss, but also had... Five carries for three scores. So this is a true committee approach in the five. That makes Buffalo even worse on the running back spectrum for me. You know who's not in a committee for carries inside the five for Buffalo? Josh Allen. Well, I mentioned him too, and he's like right in the third of all of them. So it's like, well, that's great for Josh Allen because you're starting him for other reasons though too. For the Texans, Houston ranked last in passes and passing touchdowns, and Rex Burkhead led the entire team in touchdowns from inside the five with mm-hmm. two <laughs> massive ups. I feel like Amazing. Damian Pierce is going to do that in week one. <laughs> exactly. Yet, Have you noticed we've managed to work in Damian Pierce's name now yeah. four times in two segments? And I don't show. even play in a league with him or anything. <laughs> That's the amazing part. Scott. Tell me about the Bucks inside the five-yard line. So I just mentioned how Washington passed it 10 times with only one completion. The Bucks, Tom Brady, on his own, had 18 <laughs> passing touchdowns wow. inside the five-yard line. Yeah, that feels like they all went to Mike Evans. That I I will say Mike Evans six, Gronk uh twice, uh Brate three times, OJ Howard caught his lone target for it to, 
everybody, everybody was catching them. Um, there, there's, there's, believe, crazily, not a lot of running going on. So you want the passing, passing options in the Bucks because that they get the inside the five options. They're all going for a discount now because everybody's weirded out about mm. the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Cleveland, what's happening inside the five? Man? Uh, Nick Chubb missed three games last year, but still recorded 53% of the team's rushing attempts from inside the five. Uh, Kareem Hunt didn't get a lot of carries, uh, but notably, Dearness Johnson went two for two. Like that? Inside the five on uh, rushing attempts and touchdowns. Also, Amari Cooper, by the way, he scored three times on three targets inside the five last year for the Cowboys. Mm, he's, I, so Cooper's one of my favorite sleepers. Wi- wildly efficient inside yes. the five are the Cleveland Browns this year. As a whole team. Yeah. And also, if you think that, you know, when everything shakes out and these teams, these teams all make their cuts in the coming week, if you think that Kareem Hunt is not going to be on the Browns, you should be drafting backup running backs. Either Dearness Johnson mm-hmm. or Ford. You know, I think it'd be Johnson first. But those yep. guys, there's some great – these are last pick of your draft scenarios where mm-hmm. you could have the new Kareem Hunt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure. Let's go to the Colts. Jonathan Taylor's 30 rushes, 30 from inside the five, was 12 more than anybody else. In Taylor's two seasons, the Colts have run the ball 70 times from inside the <laughs> five-yard line, number one in the league. That's why he's going first overall. Did he score 35 touchdowns? Because if not, I don't want him on my team. <laughs> exactly. He's out. <laughs> Let's go to the Detroit Lions. What's happening inside the five, Scott? Uh, Detroit Lions, uh, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift actually almost completely split the inside the five touches. I don't think you're drafting Swift for his touchdowns as much as you are his receptions and total yards. Uh, but I did find an interesting point. Tight ends are generally pretty touchdown dependent for the most part, especially the lower you go in the rankings. TJ Hawkinson did not have a single target inside the five last year. It's that's so dumb. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's feels, like 6'6". Six, like six. Yeah, feels feels like they need to correct that. They really do. I'm I'm hoping that they do. Let's go to the let's go to the Jets. What are they doing inside the five? Uh, they're not doing anything because they didn't make it there last year. Uh, in 13 games, Zach Wilson only threw the ball eight times from inside the five. He did throw a touchdown on four of those eight. Uh, he only ran six times from inside the five and scored three touchdowns. But they only had 27 rushing attempts as a team. From inside the five. That's less than Jonathan Taylor had. By himself. Yes, that is correct. For the Chiefs, and I think people, when you think of Tyreek Hill, you think think of 60 yard lasers coming off the arm of Patrick Mahomes and him sprinting into the end zone. But it turns out he leaves behind a team high 11 targets from inside the five since 2020. There's no wide receiver currently on the Chiefs roster that has more than three targets in their life. Wow. From inside the five, there is a yeah. void. I of want you, I want you to take that nugget right there yeah. and hold that nugget I, for I, when we get I, to I, the I, Dolphins. Oh, all right, good. We'll 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 nuggetize that. Mm-hmm. Seahawks, what's happening inside the five, Scott? Yeah, Matt was just talking about a lack of the Jets making it inside the five. <laughs> the Seahawks had nine pass attempts, nine times, and only thirteen rush nine attempts times. inside the five. That they were scoring times. more from distance. That's you know they well, weren't. Tyler Lockett was there yeah. was that. And that, actually, so was Rashad Penny, who ripped off a bunch of long runs at the end yes, of the year. Yes, exactly, exactly. So not a lot of inside the five stuff, and pretty <laughs> pretty split up between all the players too. 
Matt, let's go with the Broncos inside the five. Well, Scott kind of stole my thunder talking about the Seahawks because Russell Wilson, he only threw the ball six times from inside the five last year. (laughs) Crazy. Uh, The other three went to Geno Smith. That's a shockingly low number, but head coach Nathaniel Hackett comes from the Packers tree, Mm -hmm. and Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 27 times last year from inside the five. That was the fourth most in the NFL. we got to see a shift for Russell Wilson inside the five. Um. I would think Cortland Sutton would be your the big prime, beneficiary, yeah, the biggest beneficiary from extra short passes, near or the goal or line. a pick play near the end zone uh, to Jerry Judy, just like uh, you know in the Super Bowl. That would mm. be- he likes those. <laughs> that still hurts for a lot of people. You know? <laughs> Let's go to the Rams inside the five. The Rams had the league's lowest run ratio, thirty-five percent. And if my math is correct, that means they passed sixty-five percent. Cooper Cup led all receivers in targets and touchdowns from inside the five-yard line last year. Makes sense. Very effective at that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to change nope. because it worked last year. Right. But keep this as another reason to potentially avoid Cam Akers. Daryl Henderson, not only, and we'll talk more about this later, not only they're hurt right now, which is another factor. We don't even know what they got. But another reason to show some caution on those guys. Eagles, what's happening inside the five, Scott? The Eagles only passed the ball 15 times uh, inside the five. Half of them were to Ertz. Well, not exactly half because 15 doesn't do that. Well, no. Seven of them. <laughs> and he was Ertz. only there through six weeks. Yeah, seven to Ertz in those six weeks. Uh, they ran the ball, however, 43 times. Man. They run a lot Juicy. when they get in close. And who was doing that running? Yeah, don't get too excited because about a third of that was Jalen Hurts. Which is exciting. That's exciting for Jalen Hurts. Um, Miles Sanders only saw six of those 43. Uh, I, I moved Jalen Hurts to quarterback two. I was trying to get him to say Boston Scott and do yeah, the accent. I took him right before you in the guillotine league. Yeah, thank I don't you know if you noticed that. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Dolphins. Matt, what's happening inside the five-yard line? Remember that nugget about Tyreek Hill? We're I, bringing it right I, back I do. here. Yes. Tua, his completion percentage from inside the five was 82%. Wow. He was 9 of 11 for eight touchdowns from the infrared zone last year. That's the highest completion percentage in the league among quarterbacks who threw at least 10 passes from inside the five. The Tua Tyreek connection inside the five might be scary. Definitely warming up to it. Absolutely. Last team from inside the five that we'll do in this segment. We'll do more in next segment. Vikings had the worst rushing conversion rate of any team. Just 21%. Of all runs resulted in touchdowns last year, we think of Dalvin Cook as being a maestro near the stripe. He struggled a lot. Vikings offensive line looks better this year, so maybe it'll get better. But Kevin O'Connell, as mentioned earlier, from the Rams, where they ran the ball, they had the lowest run percentage. There's some sneaky downside with Dalvin Cook near the stripe that fantasy owners need to be aware of. Mm. When we come back, we will continue with deep dive data on team trends from inside the five-yard line. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's it. going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I mean, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the show. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Matt Harrison with you. Plenty going on at guillotineleagues.com. As you probably already know, the way the guillotine league works, start with 18 teams because there's 18 weeks in the season. Instead of any head-to-head, the low-scoring team each week gets cut, and their entire roster goes to the waiver wire where it's total pandemonium for all the rest of us as we bid on an entire roster of players. All you have to do is not finish last. You don't have to be the best, just don't be the worst. In any given week, last team standing wins the whole thing, guillotineleagues.com. Are there any, like, guillotine leagues live events coming up maybe this week, Charge? Well, thank you for asking. Mm. Uh, For those in the greater Minneapolis, St. Paul area, we will be doing live guillotine drafts at Big Boar Barbecue in Hanover. Best barbecue in town. Yes. We'll be just building leagues right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, uh, follow my Twitter account for more information on that, at Paul Charchian. On Wednesday, the 30th. Is that? No, wait. Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, the, Tuesday. the 30th, 30th. Big boar. You can go on Wednesday, grass. too, and just get some good <laughs> yeah. good smoked meats. Delicious Correct. grub. It, 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 go every day. Uh, unpaid except, endorsement. Ex- unpaid endorsement. Except for that Monday. Means, don't go. They're closed. That's a good point. I've, yeah. I've done that by accident. Yeah. Mm. We're talking about what happens inside the five-yard line, and we've already gone through roughly half of the NFL teams, giving you insight as to what happens near the stripe. Let's go with the Dallas Cowboys. Scott. Weirdly, it was a pretty even run-pass split for the Cowboys, but of note, 
Ezekiel Elliott had 18 opportunities inside the five. Mm-hmm. Nobody else on the team, not a single player, had more than three yeah. outside of him. That's and he true. scored very safe. on those 18 plays. He scored nine times. <gasps> nine times. Nine times. That's, that's 50%. That's a 50% ratio. There that's what we're looking for. There it is. I mean, Please. Amari Cooper went for 100%. That, and but that's still going to be his role. Still going to be his role. Uh, Patriots are always fascinating inside the five. A, a, traditionally, a way run heavier team, even when Tom Brady was there, than people ever thought. Yeah, Damian Harris had the third most rushing attempts in the NFL last year from inside the five with 14. Also had the third most rushing scores from that area. He scored nine times. You don't say. Nine times. Nine times. 64% on that conversion rate. That's very good. 64% is fantastic. The Saints ranked 28th in rushes and 31st in rushing conversion percentage into touchdowns. Alvin Kamara converted just two of 11 rush attempts. And this offensive line got worse in the offseason with the loss of Taron Armstead, who was awesome. So... Well, we're still, I think, generally pretty high on Alvin Kamara, particularly in PPR leagues. And he had been good inside the five the year before. You know, just be aware that this is uh, this is a factor. That one game against the Vikings might have skewed, skewed all of his numbers. It, it, it might have two years ago. That might have been the case. Uh, let's go to the Giants. What's happening inside the five? Scott? Like the Seahawks, the Giants only had 24 plays inside the five, and not a single player had more than one receiving touchdown inside the five. Not a single player had more than one rushing touchdown inside the five last year. Uh, It's actually been the same story pretty much for the last two years. So we have to go back to Barkley's rookie season where he had 18 attempts and dominated that area. You hope that it returns to that now that he's healthy. Let's hope so. Tennessee Titans. They're it's, interesting. They are interesting, right? Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. led the <laughs> league yeah. in quarterback rushing touchdowns from inside the five with seven. Yeah. He scored seven touchdowns on seven rushing attempts. That's 100% conversion. That's even Honestly, better than 50%. I, I hope he does it again. I love that little jump ball flip thing he does every touchdown he runs. <laughs> well, I love it. How about this? He scored on four of five rushing attempts from inside the five in 2020. And two of two from 2019. Yeah. So the last three years, he's scored touchdowns 13 times on 14 carries. I bet he wants from that inside one the five. 93 percent conversion good. for Ryan Tan. I imagine a lot of people are going, "Well, he did it last year because Derrick Henry was out, but he's sprinkled him in his, no, his whole career." That's he why did, he yeah, does he it. He had a lot of them early. Mm-hmm. He actually. he does it while Derrick Henry's in there because they're all focused on Derrick Henry, and he can just prance in undetected. <laughs> He can fall forward for yes. three yards, is what I hear He's you saying. He's nine feet tall. Titans. Uh, that was the Titans. All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Here we go. Steelers. Gee, I remembered the Titans. Najee Harris only converted four of 11 attempts, and the Steelers were second to last in run ratio. We told you the Rams were last. Steelers were second to last. This is a terrible offensive line, and it remains terrible. This is Pro Football Focus's bottom-ranked offensive line. Najee Harris has to work for every touchdown, even the easy ones. Mm -hmm. From inside the five-yard line, I think that's safe to say a measure of caution. Atlanta Falcons, what's happening inside the five, Scott? Yeah, this this one was pretty evenly split between Patterson and Mike Davis. Uh, Matt Ryan threw it 19 times. We got we got Mariota there now. It's going to be a completely different situation with a mobile quarterback who we've already seen run one in in the, in the preseason here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
I don't love really anything inside the fire for the Falcons, to be honest. <laughs> I just don't. Tyler Algier. Okay. He's built for it. And Nobody I play the league is. with him. Of course you do. <laughs> Yay! Let's note, it took until the, uh, what are we, about the... I'm just going to play this every time Scott Sleeper Bowl, plays baby. Yeah, we're we in the a, Sleeper Bowl. We need a better cow... Robbie, we need a better cowbell. We, we need like a ding bell. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's... I'll we work need... on that next week. Why, thank you. No problem. Appreciate that. Uh, my much. minions work on it. I wish I had minions. Cincinnati Bengals, Matt, what's happening inside the five yards? Uh, Joe Mixon took 70% of the Bengals carries inside the five last year. That was the third highest percentage for a team for any runner in the league. So he just gets the lion's share of all of their, the tiger's share. One of the reasons I love Joe Mixon more than, way more than most people do. And I'll mention this, every other running back who got carries, and they're only like two all year, were games Mixon missed. If he's on the field, he gets the carries. He gets the ball. You bet. Next, 49ers. This is a shocking stat from inside the five. George Kittle's played 67 career games, mm-hmm. not just inside the five. They let him play on the whole field. <laughs> um, 67 games. Think about all the drives that he's been on the field for. They've targeted him. Uh, they targeted him just 10 times in his entire career. From wow. inside the five and just once last year for George Kittle. Maybe he's too good of a blocker. They'd, they'd like to have him block in that spot. But he has been throughout Kyle Shanahan's entire time with George Kittle, which is Kittle's whole career. They don't throw to him. And to me, that, ca- that caps his value because tight ends get so many of the short touchdowns yep. typically. I think that's a very, I think that's a, a factor to keep mm. in mind. Scott, let's go to the Arizona Cardinals inside the five. 29 runs to 24 passes, pretty evenly split. Uh, but James Conner got 18 of those run of those 29 run attempts and scored on 10 of them. I think that's still his role this year, and that that is over the 50 percent charge. Just so you know. All right, I, I did the math. Thank you. That that does work out. Got my calculator. Uh, Jaguars inside the five, man. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Oh, targeted inside the five, the second most in the NFL, only behind Cooper Cup. Saw eight targets in the five, but he only caught three balls for two scores. He needs to play Xavier Rhodes more because he'd score more. (laughs) (laughs) Ravens, many people believe Lamar Jackson steals touchdown runs up close, but he's only run 10 times over the last two years from inside the five-yard line, whereas their running backs ran 40 times. Mm. So that would not not Mm. be the case. We We want a part of those 40. And by the way, it's going to be J.K. Dobbins in, yep. in time. Yep. It's just a matter of when. A couple of teams left. Chicago Bears inside the five, Matt. That's Scott. Sorry, Scott. Uh, they only passed the ball nine times. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I keep trying to find these. Yeah, I say, no, I don't. Working the whole uh, segment around this. But Montgomery alone, David Montgomery alone had 13 carries, scoring on six of them, which is under 50%. Just slightly, But yeah. that's that's decent. If you're Close getting that enough. kind of volume, it's fine. In Chicago, that's a that's that, a victory. That's amazing that's a, in that Chicago. Yes. Yeah. Last team inside the five, the Los Angeles Chargers. No player threw more passes from inside the five than Justin Air Bear with 32. Wow. His conversion percentage, though, was shockingly low, around 30%. Yeah, he was also number five in the NFL among quarterbacks for rushing attempts inside the five with Mm. six. By the way, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen each finished in the top five for targets inside the five amongst wide receivers last year. So they got there a lot. 
They didn't convert all the time, but they got there a lot, and there were a lot of targets. So I want to ask you about some low-end quarterbacks, and tell me if you see some upside in these players, beginning with Mac Jones in New England. Do you believe there is upside beyond what we saw last year from Mac Jones? Mm. <laughs> I, I just I want mean, to give a one-word answer. I'm, no, <laughs> I mean it's his second his second year in the league, so you got to expect you know. So, and you've seen the pictures. Like the guy's been a workout warrior. He's in like ridiculous. He like came in baby faced and like baby fat and stuff. Yeah, now he's Now yeah. he's got some deep, real muscle on him and stuff. Uh, I can see improvement over last year, but I still haven't pushed him up over like QB fifteen or anything. He's still in that back end of your QB twos in super flex. And he's like a, a take a chance on me player in the season. Mm -hmm. I can, I can see him being better than last year. I just, they run the ball so much there, especially down near the stripe. Well, a team that won't, how about Marcus Mariota? Oh yeah. Right. It's, how it, is there some sneaky upside to Marcus Mariota? I, I think both Mariota and later in the season, once the Falcons are completely out of it, Ritter, cause they, they are going to get, I, I'm sure they're going to get him in eventually to, mm -hmm. to see what he's got. But, yeah, just because of the rushing upside alone, uh, we, we see what that rushing does to, to these quarterbacks. We've almost hit the point where if your quarterback doesn't run the ball, you almost have to be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady to crack the top five, six, seven, eight. Here's the guy that the low-end quarterback that I, that I kind of like. It's Daniel Jones. He gets yep. gets an absolutely new offensive system. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it's a system that melds the Buffalo Bills in Brian Dable and the Kansas City Chiefs in Mike Kafka. Let's put two offenses together. Here's my only <laughs> problem. Who's catching the ball? Like, that's probably my week only week. problem. Yeah. Maybe it's Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Barkley. Kadarius uh, it. Tony, if he can stay healthy. I, I think they like Wandale Robinson quite a yeah, bit. Yeah. The, the, I mean, they still got the old Sterling Shepard there. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe they just cobble it together and his stats are 280 yards and two touchdowns, but you're never going to trust any of them. Let receivers. me give you another low-end quarterback that I'm intrigued by. Do you believe there's some upside to Jared Goff? Absolutely. I, we've talked about it a little yeah. bit on the show before. He's got the best offensive line he's ever had. Mm -hmm. He's probably got as good of weapons. Maybe not as good of weapons. I mean, yeah, yeah Cooper Cup right. and early Cooper I'm Cup. sorry. DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown. I'll put up there with everybody. Uh, yeah, I know. You yeah. love it. TJ, TJ Hawkinson is pretty good. <laughs> Jamison Williams when yeah. he gets back. DJ Chark I like a lot. So Fourth place schedule. Yeah, they're <sighs> Uh, there's there's upside for Jared Goff. I, I think there is some sneaky the, the upside. The downside for Jared Goff is he loses his job if he cannot <laughs> perform in this. I don't know. I've watched his backups on Hard Knocks. I don't think he loses <laughs> his job. <laughs> that is probably true. Hard Knocks, compelling. best season of Hard Knocks in a it decade, really by the way. It really is. Uh, all right, last quarterback with some potentially sneaky upside, Jameis Winston. Oh yeah, I mean that—that's he has more upside than any of the players we've listed to this point. Between Landry and Michael Thomas, if he returns to form, and mm -hmm. Chris Olave streaking down the sidelines, yeah, he's easily. If we get chuck the ball up, Yolo ball, Jameis Winston, tons of upside there, tons. We didn't—we didn't get Yolo style Winston last Not year, so which, much. which maybe Sean Payton kept him under wraps. But he still well, scored. He, he still threw fourteen touchdowns in seven games. But that's clumped, right? He had like five in week one, yeah. and like zero, zero, one, one, and then four, and then zero, one. Maybe that evens out this year. Chris Olave is going to bring deep speed to that position that they didn't have before, and maybe that blends well with Jameis Winston's YOLO passing stylings that Scott referred to. Hopefully mm -hmm. that'll be the case. You can find some, you can find some sneaky upside very late. 
in your draft at the quarterback position. When we come back, hour number two, Fantasy Football Weekly, we will be able to go through three tough questions. You can try to go three and oh as I pepper my co-hosts with questions. Also, you can download my cheat sheet for free at guillotineleagues.com. Hour number two, available. Coming up next, Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Hour number two, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison and Scott Fish with you. Mm-hmm. Matt, shock fantasy. Yes. What's happening? Uh, lots of new cheat sheets and updates every week. Uh, Vulture is the uh, good promo code for $15 oh. off a season-long membership over at Shock Fantasy. This is a game we call Three Tough Questions. I will pepper my co-hosts with three questions. You can play along. Try to go three and oh. Tough question number one. Which wide receiver will lead the league in receptions? Matt. All right. So to me, I think you need two elements for this to happen. A quarterback who throws the ball a ton, like Mm -hmm. 35 times a game or more. And there are only eight quarterbacks who did that last year. And a wide receiver core that has one wide receiver that's vastly more talented than the rest. In my mind, there's two situations that fit this bill. Mm. Number one. The is this Jacksonville the right Jaguars. Is this the right answer no, or the wrong this answer? This is my wrong answer. Okay, wrong answer. Got it. Christian Kirk. Wow, okay. He's not my answer, but Lawrence threw the ball over 600 times last year. 
And I think Kirk will average at least 10 targets per game. Nearly half of those attempts by Lawrence were on target, too. I think he's going to surprise the heck out of people this year. I, yeah. I really like Christian Kirk a lot. But the correct answer is CeeDee Lamb of the Cowboys. Dak threw the ball 596 times last year. I bet Fish is going to tell you about all the vacated targets in Dallas uh, next segment, so I won't step on his mm. touchdown call. But Lamb is looking at only an injured Michael Gallup and a rookie Jalen Tolbert as competition for wide receiver targets. He's about to go crazy. Scott, which wide receiver will lead the league in receptions? Yeah, I uh, I thought about Lamb, thought about Justin Jefferson, because but the, what turned, turned me away from Justin Jefferson is just there's a lot of other weapons that are sure. catch passes there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get super lazy here, and I'm going right back to Cooper Cup. <laughs> All right. I'm going right back to Cooper Cup because I don't think a lot changes in that offense. If anything, that's probably the right if, answer. <laughs> if, if if Cam Akers returns back to form, sure, he's going to take some work, but also the offense is going to move better. So I, I'm sticking with Cooper Cup. He had like 29 more targets than anyone else last year. Sure. Let's pretend you are. Dak Prescott mm-hmm. in a typical game from anywhere in this schedule. You drop back to pass. You look across the middle. Here's Michael Gallup dragging one leg behind him. Mm. <laughs> you look to the right. There's rookie Jalen Tolbert running the wrong route, and he just stepped out of bounds. You look to the sideline and Dalton, see Mike McCarthy and start Schultz. crying. Yeah, that's right. And I think, <laughs> when can I get a new coach? You check down to Dalton Schultz and Tony Pollard right there. <laughs> You look left, and there's C.D. Lamb, one of the best receivers in the league, open by three yards. Why three yards, you might ask? And how do I know that he's open by three yards? Because according to Next Gen Stats, C.D. Lamb's average separation per attempt was three Mm -hmm. yards. It's an easy decision on where to send that ball. Yep. And that's that, in addition to everything Matt said, is why C.D. Lamb is going to lead the league in receptions. Tough question like number two. The player who can score 15 touchdowns that nobody is talking about is who? And by the way, before we go any further, I need to mention. Are you doing this because the answer is Damian Pierce? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me. Welcome to Damian Pierce Weekly. When we asked a variation of this question last preseason, Somebody told you Damian Harris was the right answer. And we'll continue with that. <laughs> All right. The player who can score 15 touchdowns that nobody is talking about is who, Scott? Man, he's in the conversation here, too. Uh, Damian Harris scored 15 last year. They run a ton inside the five. Mm-hmm. Um, the other options, James Conner is going to have the same role in Arizona. The offense should be a little better. Cooper Cup had 16 last year. He's he's got that possibility. You might knowing you, you might even think it's Adam Thielen who had 10 touchdowns in 11 games. The offense is you know a full healthy year plus a better offense, more pass heavy offense. I could see you going tricky and going that route. I'm gonna go with someone that is actually talked about a little bit. Um, mm, that's in, in, not in the rules, but but not a <laughs> lot, not a lot for 15 touchdowns. It's the other back for New England, aside Damian Harrison, Damian Harris. It's Ramondre Stevenson. I I can tell you I was in a charity draft the other night (laughs) with Darren Waller and Gary Barnage and Giancarlo Stanton. When Giancarlo Stanton took 
uh, <laughs> took from Andre Stevenson. I mentioned how they they had 28 <laughs> runs of 15 plus yards. They led the lead. They they've been tops in the league over the last seven years in, in runs inside the five yard line. He's going to have a larger role, especially in the pass game, and he's a bigger bodied bully back than Damian Harris is. He had five last year. I think he can. I think he can take it up to fifteen this year. I think it's possible. Right, Ramondre, I'm going with Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson. Mm, your answer. Yeah, the guy John Carlos Stead drafted <laughs> in, in that draft. The player who can score fifteen touchdowns that nobody is talking about, Matt. So I was in my home league auction last night with George Clooney <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds. And, do, and, do listeners actually like this and, bit? And, like, and, I don't feel comfortable uh, doing uh, it, but I think it's funny. Scott's serious, though. <laughs> I am not serious. Um, I'm serious about those players, but I'm yeah, not serious obviously. about Yeah, uh, obviously. But, but Ryan Reynolds, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, none of them were talking about James Conner. Um, he has virtually no competition for touches in that backfield. Right. The Cardinals running back group tallied 21 touchdowns last year and 18 of them went to Connor mm. plus Chase Edmonds is gone so it makes Connor even more of a focal point he's the only show in town in that running game and James Connor is the correct answer I did text Brian he said it's Kyle Pitts though so it's Kyle Pitts 15 <laughs> touchdowns yeah. nobody's talking about it the correct answer is Adam Thielen I knew oh! it oh well, you, you did there. cover half the league in I, your answer I, I covered four people I I I was like Knowing you charge. You do not get credit for that because it wasn't Knowing your answer. charge, this is going to be the answer. Well, in my peacock my off, I, I, I already yes. counted him as a wide receiver. Over one, the so. past two seasons, you, regular listeners know this because I've thrown this stat out over the uh, – over well, even going back through the offseason shows of Fantasy mm-hmm. Football Weekly. Over the yeah. past two seasons, Adam Thielen is the highest touchdown percentage on passes thrown from inside the 10-yard line and the 5-yard line. And only Devontae Adams has, as a receiver, has more total touchdowns on plays that start from inside the 10. Last year, and you alluded to this very saliently, Scott. He Adam Thielen was was healthy for eleven games. Yeah, he had full, ten full touchdowns games. through yep. eleven games. So nobody yes. seems to remember that. Had he continued on that pace, he would have been the highest scoring wide receiver, fifteen touchdowns, tied with Cooper Cup. Regression, my tail. Last year, uh, as I mentioned, that was a point nine touchdowns per game clip. And this team, as we described earlier in this show, should be throwing the ball more under Kevin O'Connell than they were and up close inside the five-yard line. They should be throwing the ball more under Kevin O'Connell than they did with Mike Zimmer. I think this is uh, – I think Adam Thielen, we're going to get the – hopefully we get the full healthy season. He's the player that could hit 15 touchdowns that nobody's talking about. Tough question number three. Which version of Cordero Patterson are we going to get? The pre-Thanksgiving league winner we saw last year or the post-Thanksgiving turkey that we that ended fantasy seasons across the board? We begin with Matt. It's weird, but when Cordero Patterson has fewer touches, he scores more touchdowns. Mm. Uh, he scored 11 total touchdowns last year, seven of which came in games where he carried the ball nine times or less. Nine times. Nine times. That's not very many carries for him. So you'd think that the Falcons staff noticed this, and he did wear down as the season w- rolled on. That's why they brought in Damian Williams, and that's why they brought in rookie Tyler Algier to be a part of the running game. So I think they're going to use him more as a weapon this year instead of a strict running back, keeping him in the six to eight carry range, five to six reception range. That should make him more effective as a player. So I'll be optimistic and say it's the pre-Thanksgiving Cordero, Mm -hmm. but in true reality, it's probably somewhere right in the middle. 
So your answer is I'm wishy washy. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the 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 optimistic the league answer. winning pre Thanksgiving yep. version. But I but I don't fully believe in my answer. You don't even. I only got two two choices. Well, yeah. This do you think it'd be easier with only two choices? Well, I think the third choice would be the middle one. It's it's like if there's a grade between an A and a B, yeah, which there's not. Like, like a B plus. Maybe? I got an epsilon. <laughs> Which version of Cordell Patterson are we going to get, Scott? The pre-Thanksgiving league winner or the post-Thanksgiving turkey who ended fantasy seasons? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot closer to the to the post-Thanksgiving. He was just too efficient, to just too fantasy high scoring in the first half. Um, and they went away from it. They went away from it because either it wasn't working or they – just couldn't do it anymore. They brought in players to take up the running back snaps. They brought in a new wide receiver. Um, they brought in running quarterbacks that can do other things. I don't think he has the same role. I do think that they'll try to use him efficiently, efficiently and have uh, some Cordero chicanery going on, you know, like some trick plays and stuff and get him involved in some ways. But I cannot see him. I think that first half of that season might his, be his best fantasy stretch his career will have. Scott, can you, like, be – Real about this, though, since you're in a league with Tyler Algier. Uh, do you, okay. And he's like your best friend. Yes. Like, I, you, you, you text you're not realistic about yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, so you're on a yes, you're going to get pre, or you on post. a no? I'm post. You're post. He's okay. thumbs so you're, down. So you're, I'm you're thumbs on the up. turkey side of this. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trusting 31 year old part time Cordero <laughs> Patterson. The audio response is. For the correct answer. You just wanted to hit the turkey I just, button. I, well, I love hitting the turkey button. So it's, it's Cordero Patterson on Thanksgiving. Not for your post. only what you did. That's right. You only get him Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Pre-Thanksgiving, you forget how good he was. He was so good. Pre-Thanksgiving, Cordero Patterson was averaging 91 total yards and .9 touchdowns per game. That was Cordero Patterson. That was unbelievable. But the workload proved to be too much for Patterson, and it all tailed off hard, even though the workload didn't change that much for him after Thanksgiving. The output changed dramatically. He averaged after Thanksgiving 50 fewer yards per game, a full yard per carry fewer, and he only scored two times the entire rest of the season. Cordero fell off the cliff. They know that. They have to limit his usage. And therefore, on modest, what's probably going to be 8 to 10 touches a game, That is it. Cordero Patterson. But he was better when he had fewer touches. I you can only do so much when you're getting the ball seven times a game, eight times a game. It's hard to it's hard to be impactful as a running back. We'll see. Maybe they don't play him as a running back. Mm. Maybe that'll they be don't play anybody in the right position in Atlanta. When we come back, it's the blacklist. Players we will not draft. Well, maybe not never, but not anywhere near where they're getting drafted. We'll identify quarterbacks, running backs, wide receiver, tight ends. We will not draft. The Blacklist coming up next on Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics exactly. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of it like that, see that? ladies and gentlemen please welcome sam cassell to point game i remember you came out from crying tears <laughs> crying tears. i mean he was in a culture shock and then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning remember what i told you i said i said oh you think i can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchi and Scott Fish. Matt Harrison with you. This is a segment we do every preseason called the Blacklist. These are blacklist players that we will not draft. Now, when I say we, I'm gonna give off I'm gonna give my players, you're gonna give yours. Mm-hmm. That's unique to you. Mm-hmm. Other people, you know, we may not agree with each other. This is your own personal blacklist of players you will not draft. We begin at the quarterback position. Matt, who is your blacklist quarterback? Kyler Murray. Um, here's my issue with Kyler. For the last three years, he's been one of the hottest quarterbacks in the game for September and October. Mm-hmm. Then he gets some undisclosed injury and falls apart over the final month of the season, or maybe he's playing Call of Duty on a <laughs> double experience points weekend. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, in your fantasy playoffs is when you need studs, though, and here's an illumination of this. In Kyler's first eight weeks of each of his three pro seasons, his average stat line is 276 passing yards, 1.8 touchdowns, 42 rushing yards, and 0.6 rushing touchdowns per game. That's a really good quarterback. Yeah. In his final five games of each of his three pro season, that drops to 237 passing yards, 1.2 touchdown passes, 34 rushing yards, and he's only scored twice in December or January in his career. Yeah. 0.13 rushing touchdowns per game. The last time we saw Kyler Murray was that disastrous playoff game. And yeah. It's been a little bit hard to shake that. So for whatever reason, he can't hold up to a full season. Maybe it's his body style or how he mm-hmm. plays. He just can't hold up to a full season, and I'm not taking him in the fifth or sixth round. Yeah, actually, 
I mean, that really tracks with, you know, a couple of years ago, he had the shoulder injury about midseason. Last year, he had an injury about midseason, missed a couple games. Mm-hmm. So that kind of does hold up that he gets injured, you know, somewhere around. Yeah, I mean, you can draft him and enjoy him for September and October. But, Move him. but trade him in yeah. week four or five. Ankle last year. Oh, four or five is pretty early. I mean, you were talking about him going downhill in December. Trade him for a, trade him for Justin Air Bear in week four or five. That's more fun. Your blacklist quarterback, Scott. I'm going with Russell Wilson, and this is a guy I, I think I might have even sat on the segment last year because he, he, the second half of the season, for several years now, he has almost just completely disappeared, and, and it happened again last year. Last year. From the week four through the end of the season, he topped 250 yards once. That, and 250 is not that much not in that high. NFL. He had five sub-200 days. Mm-hmm. He had a few goose egg days for touchdowns. Yeah. He, he just doesn't seem, to, doesn't seem to have good end of seasons. Now, you may I have know, noticed he changed teams. He changed teams. <laughs> Here's where I'm going. He changed teams. I actually really like Sutton this year. Kind of like mm-hmm. Judy. He's a little overpriced for me. I'd rather have Sutton. Um but my biggest problem is he's going as QB7 or QB8 off the board. When I can get Cousins or Carr or Trey Lance or something, a full even, – even right now where Wilson is going, a full two and a half rounds later, you can get Brady or Dak. Mm. It's his price tag. Yeah. You know, for that possible risk and his price tag. The quarterback that's on my blacklist is Chicago quarterback Justin Fields. To this point through the preseason, he doesn't look any different than the inaccurate scattered player that we saw last year. Maybe these new offense, the new offense and the new coaches will pay off at some point, but how long does that take and how long do I got to wait? Mm-hmm. And then this offensive line. It's so bad. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. It's bad. It's so bad. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they've got four new starters. They're trying to find a new home for last year's second round pick, Tevin Jenkins, and they can't figure out a spot he can play. They rank 31st by pro football focus and offensive line for this year. And that's incredibly generous. It is. Do you think actual subway turnstiles might do better as an offensive line than what they currently have? If they're like cemented into the ground and you had to like, yeah. It's weird to watch a football game and and watch a quarterback and be like, I feel bad for you. Like, (laughs) I really feel bad. You're going to be counting on Justin Fields to basically Fran Tarkenton his way. He's to, going to be running for to, his life. And that's it. It's just going to be like. At least they have one of the most star-studded, deepest receiver cores. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm not. I, I can't. I understand the rushing potential that any quarterback who can run like Justin Fields right. is going to give you big rushing output days. But just the rest of it's so dysfunctional. I'm worried he's going to have some bad, bad games. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields, my blacklist quarterback. Let's go to the running back position. Matt, who is your blacklist runner? Uh, I have Travis Etienne here. Uh, He's coming back from a Liz Frank injury. James Robinson obviously coming back from an Achilles. You have to take Etienne in the early third round. 29.8 is his ADP right now. Yeah, his head coach has never had a bell cow, though, either. That's the problem. The Eagles went a long time with Doug Peterson, operating with two to three backs in the backfield. We have no track record to believe that it's going to be his backfield all alone, or at least 60%. And then Charch's favorite player in the whole league, besides Damian Pierce, of course, is Snoop-a-loop Connor. Snoop-a-loop! Uh, he's in play for goal line touches. I think this is messy all year, and I don't draft messy at the top of the third round. Your 
your blacklist quarterback, Scott. It was you this time. Uh, my uh, running back, Miles I have no Sanders. recollection of turning my mic off, by the way. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> that was me. Matt Red. I ran over to the other side. Uh, I'm, the ju- I'm the judge back here. I'll, I'll, I'll declare the verdict <laughs> later in the show. Thank you. Oh, okay. Robbie. Oh. Get the camera. <laughs> my, Miles Sanders. Uh, actually, I could have gone with David Montgomery for those same offensive line issues. That <laughs> I'm not yes, touching him at his ADP. Miles I Sanders. I bet we're not done as Bears as a group. We'll we're Definitely not. Okay. <laughs> Forget the fact that he isn't even fully healthy and he's been splitting work this preseason and forget the fact that he even tells you not to draft him in fantasy. <laughs> That's not a good sign. That's never good. <laughs> uh, I no, won't draft actually, me. <laughs> don't forget either of those things. <laughs> Lean on both of those things. He also barely gets the rushing attempts inside the five. We noted out of 43 rush attempts, he got six. Yeah. He doesn't even get that work. His pass catching, he caught 50 balls his first year. He hasn't topped 30 cents. That 30 isn't even a high, high bar for a starting no. running back in the NFL. That's really low. I can't trust him with anything. Again, so. that's Miles Sanders, yes. your blacklist player. Sixth round. Sixth round ADP for a guy Too that's high. doing that. Uh, I'll give you a fourth round ADP I'm not touching, and that's the Rams running back Cam Akers, and I've said it several times on the show. I'm going to keep um, keep mentioning it. No NFL running back has ever returned to productivity after suffering an Achilles injury. I hope Cam Akers is the first one. I hope he makes history and becomes that guy, but I'm not risking my fourth round pick on history happening. Yeah. Uh, the more likely scenario here is that Akers is less effective than he used to be from this injury, and he's sharing time with Daryl Henderson effectively all year. And as mentioned earlier in the show, Sean McVay had last year's second lowest run rate inside the five. You can't even necessarily be sh- assured of getting many, if any, of the inside the five easy touchdowns mm. from Cam Akers, my blacklist runner. Let's go to the wide receiver position. Matt, who have you blacklisted? I remember going back to a state fair show in like 2019 and Charch said, has anybody ever regretted drafting Michael Thomas? Well, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not drafting him anymore. It's never an easy feeling taking a guy who hasn't played in two years. Uh, The last time he caught a touchdown pass, it was uh, from Drew Brees. It was that playoff game where, the slime was coming into the end zone. The first Miles Nickelodeon slime, one. Yeah, Slime Sanders? Is that <laughs> what we're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, missed a huge chunk of 2020 with injuries. Took all 2021 off with an ankle injury. He's already dinged up in camp with a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. And he's going at the end of the fifth round right now. Let's say he does play. Who says he vibes with Jamison Winston at all? Why would Chris Olave or Jarvis Landry not be Winston's preferred target? The ceiling can't be as high as his 2019 season. It probably can't be half of that record-breaking year. And the floor is that you get absolutely nothing out of Michael Thomas this year. That that's, he, he, that's you could get nothing. Floor. I don't think it's as, I don't think it's quite as low as you do. But hopefully, hopefully we're we want him we want him to be healthy. We want Michael Thomas to do well. Your blacklist wide receiver, Scott. Yeah, yeah, mine's one. Mine's actually we we've been listing off guys that are going more in the early rounds, and we hate their ADPs. The, mine I'm going with is going in the 11th round, and it's I just don't really feel he's draftable at all. It's Christian Watson for the Packers. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned earlier in the show that the starters right now are Ellen Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Randall Cobb, and all the talk in camp is Romeo Dubs. And Christian Watson's been hurt. On the tape, I thought he was a beast in college, but he he seemed like a very hit-and-miss prospect. He could easily bust. 
I don't even I don't even I thought that there was a chance he could be the Packers wide receiver one. I'm not sure how much he gets on the field now with the reports that they're going to run a lot of 21 with Aaron Jones and Dylan on the field yeah. and less wide receivers on the field. I don't know where he even gets snaps. I don't know why he's being drafted, to be honest. Watkins' timetable is next year in all probability. Yeah, Watson. Watson. Yeah. yeah, Watson, excuse me. Yeah. Yes. I just don't see it for this year. I don't I don't think he's draftable anymore. My blacklist wide receiver is Chicago wide receiver Darnell Mooney. If I if I didn't like Justin Fields in his passing moments ago, you can imagine I I can't back his receiver. Even Darnell Mooney coming off a good season. You know, I think he's a good player. He's not a special yeah. player. He's a good player. Yeah. But I don't think he's got too much to overcome here, including drawing top coverage by opposing defenses on every down. Allen Robinson was there before to at least even out some of that. Now with him gone, defenses just have to take away Darnell Mooney. There's nobody left to pass to in this offense. And the O-line is not going to give Fields time for Mooney to get open or deep. I don't hate Darnell Mooney, but at his average draft position, I can get Adam Thielen, who, as we already described, has 15 touchdown upside. Yeah. That's our guy. So we are not touching. I am not. Uh, touching Darnell Mooney. You're one, you definitely don't hate him. You were one of the early ones on Darnell I Mooney. I was. Yeah, I've got him on a, a variety of teams, uh, uh, dynasty teams yeah. from, la- from last year. Yep. Okay, let's go back to uh, the tight end position, blacklist tight ends. Matt. And let's go back to Chicago because I'm not drafting Cole Komet at all this oh. year. Uh, I'm mostly piggybacking on Charge's take on Fields and Mooney here, but this just could be a legendarily bad offense. Uh, Fields might not survive behind this offensive line, if he, and if he doesn't, do you feel confident in Trevor Simeon or Nathan Peterman no. getting Cole Komet the ball? And speaking of offensive, this line is so bad that you might have to think that Komet might be forced to stay in and block more than anyone wants. It's getting tough to take any Bears this year. I'm dropping Komet down further down my cheat sheet. All right. Your blacklist tight end, Scott. I actually kind of like Komet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. there, there's reasons to like him because he's one of the only options. E- but even, yeah, that team's so saying. bad that... Yeah, doesn't matter. There, there's going to be 20 to 30 pass attempts. It's got to go somewhere, right? <laughs> to the ground. Um, that could be, could be. Uh, tight end, I'm going with TJ Hawkinson. I mentioned it before. He he didn't have a single target in the red zone last year, but this is a pure mm-hmm. ADP play. Um, he is going. He is going at a, like as the sixth or so tight end off the board. He's going in the same exact range as Dalton Schultz, who we talked about last week. We we think he's got 100 plus. targets easily way safe um zach Ertz even going around after him way safer and then then there's some late round tight end stabs you can take um he's just gonna fight with swift and amon ra and even when like he those were those guys were out or not productive last year hawkinson wasn't a very reliable tight end even even when swift oddly oddly that he was exactly so with them healthy and dj charcantel i just i just can't do it all right my blacklist tight end is Dawson Knox. A touchdown-dependent tight end is extremely dangerous. Look at Robert Tunyon as Exhibit A from last year. At this time last year, he was coming off an 11-touchdown season. We're like, well, okay, he'll regress a bit, but I'm still going to get like, I don't know what, eight mm. touchdowns out of Tunyon. You got, you got what? Right. Granted, he went. He had an ACL mid-season. Yeah. And but he had a broken hand. He played with a broken, broken hand for so, a lot of games. You know, the... <laughs> The average I'll play on one hand and one leg. <laughs> the average non-touchdown game from Dawson Knox, two and a half catches for 29 yards. That's five PPR points. And that is how you get chopped in a guillotine league right there. Dawson Knox, my blacklist tight end. 
When we come back, final segment, we'll talk through vacated targets and identify our favorite sleepers for this week. Final segment, Fantasy Football Weekly, coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Final segment, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish, Matt Harrison with you. So much to do at guillotineleagues.com. That includes downloading my cheat sheet for free, guillotineleagues.com. Maybe you want to play with friends. We've got private leagues for guillotine leagues, guillotineleagues.com. You can also join a public contest to play against others for cash prizes. You can even try zombie mode, the new exciting way to play in a guillotine league where you never are out of the action. You get to play all year long. In zombie mode, instead of getting chopped, you turn into a zombie trying to take down the surviving humans. Tons of fun, new way to play. Zombie mode. All right. GuillotineLeague.com. And lastly, high stakes, super chop. Ooh, you want to no play way. for thousands of dollars. The high stakes, super chop leagues at guillotineleagues.com. All right, gentlemen. Let's dive into our final segment. We always do our sleepers. Let's uh, let's start there with our sleepers of the week. We do one of them every week. 
Let's begin with, mm, let's go to Matt first. Mm, DJ Chark. Wiki, wiki. Uh, he's lost big chunks of the last two seasons with injury and by being in Jacksonville. Uh, not that relocating from the Detroit of Florida to the Detroit of the United States is much better. <laughs> the actual Detroit. Yes, but uh, here we go. Um, Detroit's got a top five offensive line this year. Yes. The lines have good weapons all around with Chark, Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson, etc. When Jamison Williams returns, that makes that offense even stronger. Chark will never, ever see a double team this season at all. Yeah. Uh, his last healthy season with Gardner Minshew as his quarterback, he put up over 1,000 yards and eight scores. And in fact, in his career, he scored a touchdown on 10% of his career catches. Mm. So if he has, I don't know, 90 catches this year, he's going to score nine times. Well, you could have picked any number. I could have picked any number. But let's say he scores, he gets 60 catches this year. I think yeah. that's reasonable. Would he have six touchdowns? He'd have six touchdowns. And that's a, that's a player that you can play in some weeks absolutely all right dj chark first sleeper scott yeah who you got i like going bottom of the barrel last pick of your draft mm-hmm. i did it last week dj I, chark is it I've, low enough for I'm, you no no he's not low <laughs> enough he's not low in previous years i i did stuff more in the mid-teens that you know they, they, they had good a better hit rate but i like i like these bottom of the barrel ones i'm going with kyle phillips tennessee's oh, Tennessee, slot yeah. receiver yeah. who has looked unstoppable in camp. Mm -hmm. He's breaking everybody's ankles. Literally. Literally breaking ankles. All the DBs. Shattering the bones. Like Tanya Harding style? Shattering the bones. In, in preseason games, broken ankles for the DBs. On the, coaches watch the tape; they break, break their ankles. ankles. I just broke my oh, left ankle how, talking about uh, him. Actually, you would sprain your yeah, ankle you, talking. You, that is totally true. Yes, but he's got that slot roll, uh, slot roll down. It, it's his job. He's the starter, and uh, they, the Tennessee Titans, passed to the slot at one of the highest rates in the NFL last year. Obviously, last year they had AJ Brown playing the slot a lot. I've heard of him, um, but he's their slot guy and. If you don't, if he doesn't pan out, you can drop him. You don't care. It's your last pick. It's your absolute last pick of the draft. Kyle Phillips. Yes. Kyle Phillips. Uh, ankle breaker for the ankle Tennessee Titans. Shattering ankle. You need to keep us. him away from you. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I really do. It's very dangerous. Scott Fish. Yes. Great brain. Terrible ankles. <laughs> That's. <laughs> You know, I think great is a. It might be a little strong. I mean, I was going to be nice. <laughs> I do wear a great Scott shirt from time to That's time. That's true. Back to the future one. Houston quarterback Davis Mills, you guys know how I feel about him. Mm-hmm. Um, a part of it goes back to the draft. I liked him in the draft. Why I, did the Vikings pass him? Pass him. On. I don't <laughs> get it. I still don't get yeah, it. So we'll be frustrated for you. At too. some point, you just your eye test goes, this guy belongs in the NFL. Yeah. And if you watch Davis Mills, and I don't blame you if you didn't watch much of the Texans last season, uh, Davis Mills repeatedly passed the eye test as an NFL-caliber mm-hmm. quarterback. There is no doubt. Houston knows it. They didn't make any move at quarterback. They're going forward with Davis Mills, as 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 I believe they should. His stats weren't, like, mind-blowing, but I bet they were way better than you thought they were last year. Mm-hmm. From week five forward, Davis Mills' average game, 245 yards, which is pretty good, one and a half Passing touchdowns per game, also pretty good. If you were to just expand that to the full season, because obviously he didn't start the year, they had Tyrod Taylor there. That puts Davis Mills last year as a rookie on a 4,000-yard passing season and 23 touchdowns. That would have made him quarterback 17 last year. 
Davis Mills. Going off the board right now is quarterback 29. I'm, he was well, 17 as a rookie I, I'm, in the I'm, games he started. I'm kind of utterly shocked, though, Charge, that you are so on the Davis Mills train when your least favorite offensive coordinator, maybe of all time. Poop Hamilton. That's his offensive coordinator. I'm, I, I want to believe that. Just, he ruined Andrew Luck. I was going to go the other way. Like, how, can he, how can he make Davis Mills successful if he ruined Andrew Luck? Are we Texans fans in this room? <laughs> we are like, Texans fans. I, I was on Nico Collins. All I wouldn't shut up about him last year. Brian had him as his sleeper, and now like yeah. nicknamed him Suave or something. <laughs> you're 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 in on. We're all in on Damian Pierce, but you were really early on Damian yeah, pre-draft. Pierce. Pre-draft, yes. You were in on Davis Mills last year. I wanted the Vikings to draft him last year. Like we're are and we always think Brandon Cooks is underrated. Are we Texans fans? No. Are I we, think we are. We might I, be Texans we are. Fans. I'm not. I'm buying low. I'm buying on the dip. Everybody's like, no, I don't want any Texans. I, I don't th- I, I don't think that I don't think there's a dip there. I think I think that the fantasy Jordan. world is coming with you guys. Brevin Jordan. So. Brevin Jordan is also a nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice sleeper. Tight now that we've established the... <laughs> every single player. Uh, what about Chris Conley? Just draft Texans. Go, for Conley. the three times a year he hits, Charch will tell you what. I will tell Texan you stack all the way. Uh, there's a lot of reason to believe Davis Mills will be better in his sophomore year. Better coaching staff, right? That's going to be one of them. <laughs> including hey, Boop yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Let's hope that's the case. Good Lord. Look what he did for Justin Air Bear. Aha. Did he do something for yes. Justin Air Bear? Yeah, sure did. Did he really? Mm-hmm. I think I, if he was good, if Davis Mills was good on pace for a 4,000-yard season with 23 touchdowns as a rookie, let's just put him at a slight increase, about 30 yards a game and about .3 touchdowns better per game this year. Now he's sitting at 4,500 yards, 28 touchdowns, and he's quarterback 12. If he's going to average out to quarterback 12 and you're in a 12-team mm-hmm. league, half of his games, he belongs as a starter in the, in, as a starter, and he's going off the board as quarterback 29. Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. I'm, now that I think about it. Pick 233 of your draft. You know, I take it all back. Pep Hamilton did have a career win-loss record of 3-2 and two in the XFL as the head coach of the D.C. Don't you team. forget it. Yeah, I, I take it all back. Thank you What, I, what was the D.C.? The D.C. Defenders. Yes. That was Defenders. it. Defenders. Lame. Almost as bad as Commanders, honestly. Couldn't that... Terrible name, but we don't have to get sidetracked on that. Mm. Scott, is, is Texans much better? Like, if it was Minnesota Minnesotans, like that, that might be I know, worse. That, that is pretty weird. <laughs> I, but that's a legacy name, right? So right, I'll right, give, right. I'll grant them okay. that. Houston okay. was trying to, Houston was trying to get the grandpas who remembered the original Texans, yes, and didn't then become Cowboys fans in the seventies and eighties when the Cowboys rolled up all of those Super Bowls in nineties. So yeah, I think that was it was a very slim group. Honestly, that's what you do when you when you <laughs> try to market stuff. Really working that that demo the, of like the, the seventy nine year old guys. Exactly. We gotta get them. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about vacated targets, Scott. How about let's just go right back to the Texans. Texans. If we're gonna talk, oh, if right. we're gonna talk about vacated targets and, and touches, mm-hmm. this isn't targets exactly, but they got rid of two hundred. Got rid of. They just threw them out the door. Yes. <laughs> two hundred and forty carries and sixty-two running back targets. Wow. That's over three hundred by my math. Uh, and I'm struggling to figure out who can pick up the majority of that work. Who? Who could it be? Who could pick um, up the majority? Of 300 potential running back touches, touches and targets. That could be Damian Pierce, couldn't exactly. it? Exactly. I'll mention this. 
they haven't shown it yet in the preseason. Dude can catch. And that's the part of his upside that everybody's now figured out he's a good runner. I will say, you've watched the film. He he catches decently downfield, et cetera. He didn't have a lot of catches, Mm -hmm. but he can catch. Yes. Yes. Um, Didn't have a lot of rushes in Florida at Florida either, which is mind boggling. Mm -hmm. I think they probably misused him there, but that's just me. So the team that lost the most targets last year, the Tennessee Titans, uh, obviously with the trade of A.J. Brown and, mm-hmm. and other people leaving, they brought in Traylon Burks, who's going to take up a decent amount of that. They brought in Kyle Phillips, who's going to take, <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna, take at least 100, 100 targets catches, for sure. Yes. He's going to take up a lot of that. But honestly, I feel like that target number is a little high. This is one of the reasons that I don't love vacated targets at times. But that 351 targets... It was so high because Derrick Henry went out, <laughs> and they were they were passing a, lot, a, a more lot more than they will. in the second half, especially a lot of passes to guys like Hilliard and stuff that just won't happen this year. But even if you tamp that down, Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips and Robert Woods should be splitting a pretty decent chunk of targets. I love that you use the word tamp. Thank you. Yes. You never hear people use that. I love it. Okay. It's because nobody smokes a pipe anymore. <laughs> when was the last time you saw anybody smoke a pipe and traditionally the tam- the only tamping I know of <laughs> is with pipe smokers tamping down their tobacco. Now, I still I'm, I'm talking I, about regular pipes. Uh, one time I saw about the Sherlock Holmes style. I pipe still here. say champion at the bit too instead <laughs> it's, of champion. I say champion. Thank yeah. you. You're doing that champion. correctly. Yeah, it's one of my pet peeves. Yes. It's champing. Thank it's you. Not chopping. Thank you. You champ at the bit. Exactly. Charge. I think you should take up pipe smoking as a hobby. Really? You yeah. want I, to give me cancer? Well, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, Honestly, sure. with getting an orange pipe yeah. with the glasses, it'd be a perfect... corn cob. It'd be a corn cob pipe. <laughs> there you go. I, I Paul Churchian's corn cob pipe. I like three, four years ago, I saw a guy driving with a pipe in his mouth, but that's the last time. I can't. I I don't. I can't. I don't know. Twenty years. Seen one guy with a pipe. Never. Uh, so, some other notable ones, the Packers lost 244 targets, mostly Devontae Adams, but, but also, you know, St. Brown and uh, mm-hmm. MVS and everybody, a lot of players left. Um, the clear winner of that is Alan Lazard. He, him and his six, five frame, uh, should be able to, you know, take, take up a lot of that. And believe it or not, Lazard actually started to hit last season. Mm-hmm. He had a five game stretch where he had five touchdowns and nearly 300 yards near the end of the season there. He, it kind of started to take off for him then. Alan Lazard scored a touchdown on 20% of his receptions last year. It's pretty good. That's really good. 20%. I get I get the feeling we're going to be having a show around they, like week three. We're gonna be like, who do you really regret you didn't draft? And we're all going to be like, we pa- I passed on Alan Lazard four times. Yeah, Why did I do I really, that? Yeah. I didn't. I have way too. I'm over. <laughs> You're over, over Lazard? Over. No, I have way too much of well, him. That's because AJ I'm Dillon, who is in your Lazard. league, told you all about him. He that did not. I should have asked. <laughs> Why didn't I ask? He did, dra- he did draft uh, uh, Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers. Did he though, really? So. Oh, well, sure. He's uh, a little, little biased. They lost yeah. 36% of their inside the 10 targets as well with the big bodies of Lazard and Dubs. Mm, that's that's kind of nice. Uh, over to the Chiefs, the Chiefs lost the, third? the most the, targets, no, yeah, I think. The most targets, yeah. I was, was combining targets and touches for a mm-hmm. second. But, uh, yeah, they lost the most targets, 265 wide receiver targets alone. Wow. Um, a lot of that 
I honestly think is going to be replaced with Juju Smith-Schuster. Not obviously 265. Yeah. But he has been the talk of camp. He's been going deep. And we're just a couple years removed from two years in a row where he's in the 125, 150 mm-hmm. target range. He can be a volume guy. He, he can be a volume guy. He didn't score a lot of touchdowns in that because he was more of a slot guy and they had other weapons. They don't have a lot of other weapons. If we end the season and Juju Smith-Schuster is 150-plus target guy, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if he jumps right back into that top 12 wide receiver range. I'm imagining it's like week three, and we're doing fantasy football weekly, and we're saying to ourselves, I passed on how, Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. like how, four times? How did Why we did see I do this? that? Tyreek Hill left. We got Juju Smith-Schuster, who we've looked at for the last couple of years, but forget that his first two years in the league, he was absolutely ridiculous and absolutely high volume, and now he's the number one guy for Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Yes. Yeah, unless Sky Moore turns out Th- to be This is turning into a... Get the number one guy for guy. Aaron Rodgers and, and Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. What are you saying? This what crazy silly. talk is this? Right. Yeah, there, there are also boring ones, like the Raiders lost 189 wide receiver targets, and Devontae Adams yeah, is there, up. and he's, he's going to get... All of those. He's going to get... That's what I put. He's going to get 100 percent of those targets that, that were replaced on, on that one. Um, another one I find interesting is the Chiefs lost 57 running back targets and 157 running back carries. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of work. Clyde Edwards-Alaire isn't getting all of that. Oh, no. he's No chance. You're serious. He's not going to add 214 <laughs> touches to his. Um, but Frail, here's the, here's the thing. Body. Jed McKinnon, I don't know that he holds up. Wow. He's 31 years old. He's not. He looked great in, in small doses in the playoffs. Great. I don't think he holds up. We got a seventh round rookie in Isaiah Pacheco, who I actually really, really like. We got Ronald Jones, who seems to be a cut candidate, despite you know the usage in the last preseason game. I think in the seventh, eighth round where CEH is going, we might be undervaluing what kind of volume he might actually get because he is the clear-cut number one running back there. He's going at a, at a discount. A, You'll never buy. You know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a his rookie year when he got drafted in the yeah. first round. Everybody's very excited, including me. Totally pass. misread yeah. this. Yes. I, you know, this. And here's we, my eating crow. What? I'm eating crow. What we misread was the pass catching going away. Yeah. He, that's what he did in college. Right. And we all thought away. he was sitting on like 50 receptions, 60 receptions, 70 receptions. We thought he was going to be Austin Eckler. Did none of that pan out. First rounder three years ago. Then Clyde Edwards Alaire dropped to what, like the fourth round last year. Now, if you want him, you can get him seventh round. St. Feels like. The, the price is finally right on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yep. All right, any other vac- vacated targets, vacated carries you want to discuss, Scott? I, I think the most obvious ones are, are ones like the Falcons, who are, are right near the top of the league in targets uh, they lost and carries they lost. But it's pretty clear what's happening there. It's going to be Drake London taking over the Ridley role. It's going to be Pitts expanding uh, at the running back role. Patterson, I, we've already talked. We don't think it's going to be him. So... Right now, where Damian Williams is going and Tyler Adjir are going in in mm-hmm. in drafts, there's 200 plus touches to the running back position that are just gone from last year. And we've already said Cordero Patterson probably isn't taking it. No, we know we know Damian Williams is kind of just a guy. Yeah, that's why I like Tyler Algier. Just yep. you know, because maybe it turns out he's really good. Once again, we don't know. He drafted himself. He and believes in himself. He, yeah, right. He's close to the situation. Oh, how he would you know? He knows the guy personally. <laughs> yes. Now, when did he draft himself? I, I think Second it, round. I, I think it was at a fair value. I think it was like <laughs> okay. a 12th round or All something. Right, so he didn't take himself in the first round just like because 
I'm me. No, no, he checked out ADP. He knew about where, where he about could steal where he himself. <laughs> Did he give himself a reach he around? Might, he might have given Tyler himself a reach Elgin around. Gave himself a reach around. <laughs> might have done by that. Scott Fish on Fantasy Football <laughs> Weekly. Oh, clip all that. Right. Yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. If you're listening over the air, know that if you missed any part of the show, this is also a podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, know that you can find this over the air on many local sports talk radio stations. Fantasy Football Weekly. Get my cheat sheet for free, guillotineleagues.com. I encourage you to check that out along with uh, maybe a private league, a public league, a super chap league, guillotineleagues.com. For all of your help on the fastest growing, most fun way to play season-long fantasy football, guillotineleagues.com. We'll be back next week. More Fantasy Football Weekly. Of course, we're here every week. We'll talk to you then, everybody. Enjoy the hottest drafting part of the season. It's so fun. So fun. I got a live league draft coming up. All right. It's it's Christmas for fantasy owners right now. So find out what our players are going to be like for this year. Talk to you in a week, everybody. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.